you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, today I wanted to come in and uh, share something with you all uh, that I just read. I just read something uh, that was really interesting to me. It was a list of the 10 worst cities uh, in the U.S. for renters. Uh, so as you come in, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. What's up on TikTok? If you look up Boyce Watkins on TikTok, you can find me on TikTok. I'm also live on TikTok right now. And uh, also we have our own social media platform at Blag Enough, blagenough.com. You can see the URL on, on my shirt right here. So feel free to take a look at that and hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. Um, that way we can talk and stuff like that. And uh, you guys know my background. My background is um, I'm a finance professor. My PhD is in finance. And so I'm really concerned about the economic condition of of all people, but especially people that look like us because our people tend to get ignored. And also give me a yes in the chat. Let me know you can hear me. Okay. Give me a yes if you can hear me so I can make sure I'm coming through. All right. Give me a yes. Uh, what's up, Vic and Eric? And my name is Corey and uh, uh, Khaled from Harlem. Good to see you, brother. Uh, yeah, we did our premiere of our new movie called B1 The movie this weekend in Atlanta and it was a totally packed house so thank you everybody who came out I'm sorry I couldn't make it uh COVID hit the house and I had to go deal with that but I will be in my in Milwaukee this week speaking at uh at they have a like a hip-hop hip-hop summit or something like that um I got I got I'll put the information on my Instagram so you can follow me at Dr. Boyce Finance on Instagram if you want to take a look all right or my telegram Dr. Boyce Telegram uh, dot com all right so let me just go ahead and read this list uh how many of you have heard about all the details in terms of you know rent going up uh, rent is now over $2,000 a month. That's the average rent in America now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, rent now is over $2,000 a month. Also, there are various cities where, for whatever reason, they're not approving new housing, and this is making it even harder to be a renter. This is really a big deal, especially if you're under the age of 35. Uh, those of you who are over 35, it's tough for you too, I know, but uh, we really, my heart goes out to a lot of those in the uh, the that group after the millennials, I guess you got Gen Y, Gen Z, Gen. I don't keep up with everything now, but you know what I mean, right? And uh, and it's really really tough. And what I what I found here was a list of the ten worst cities in America for renters. So I'm gonna just jump right into this list, and then I'm gonna give you a little perspective on it, and also some solutions. I'm very solution oriented. I don't just believe in. I don't think you get ahead in life by whining about your problem. Give me a yes if you agree. Uh, you don't get ahead by whining about the problem, uh, right, Yoshika? You get ahead by solving the problem. So I want to show you some uh, solutions that'll help you solve the problem. All right. So number ten on the list. This is from uh, CNBC, uh, who did this, uh, rent, a company called Rent Cafe compiled this list using 20 different variables for the worst places for renters to live. Uh, number 10 on the list is Stockton, California. Uh, number nine on the list is Rochester, New York. I used to live in Rochester. Way too much snow. <laughs> so keep that in mind. What's up, Maurice in Indianapolis? My sister lives in Indianapolis, and so does brother Nuri Muhammad. He's actually in our new movie. He's a great guy. He's an extraordinary leader. Everybody should look him up. Uh, Rochester, New York is number nine. Queens, New York is number eight. Uh, give me a yes if, you live, if you've ever lived in any of these cities. Uh, number seven, Anaheim, California. Now, now that I'm on number seven, I've done seven through ten. Does anybody notice a pattern here? Give me a yes if you notice a pattern. What are you noticing in terms of patterns? Uh, okay, thank you, Robel. You're right, Zola. It's it's not, yeah, right after uh, the millennials is Gen X. Yeah, then there's Gen, but is there a Gen Y? I don't know. Stop, I'm gonna quit. Did anybody living in, what do you notice about these cities? Because we did the first four. Stockton, California, Rochester, New York uh, was number nine. Queens, New York was number eight. Anaheim was number seven. What have you noticed about these cities? 
I'll give you a hint. Two are East Coast, two are West Coast. California, New York, California, New York, California, New York, California, New York. Let me just say this, just from a financial standpoint. I didn't even think about the possibility of living in California or New York until I got rich. Because I'm 52 years old. I'm OG status. I know I know things. Right? I've seen things. Right. So 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 I when I was broke, let me tell you, I got accepted for my Ph.D. studies at Columbia University when I was uh, in my 20s. I, Columbia was one of the other schools that let me in. I did not move to Columbia mainly because the cost of living is so damn high in New York. Right. So New York and California being near the top of the list does not surprise me at all. So uh, just keep that in mind. Let's keep going. So. Uh, so we got to uh, number seven, Anaheim, California. Number six, Dayton, Ohio, uh, one of the worst places for renters. Now, remember, these uh, scales are there's 20 factors in these scales. Right. So this is not just cost of living. And I'm going to give you uh, the factors in a second. Number five, Hartford, Connecticut. Number four, Manhattan. There's there's New York again. So that's three out of the top. What? Six worst places to, to or six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Three out of the top seven, or the first seven anyway, because we're starting from 10 and working our way down, uh, are in New York. So if you live in New York and you were born in New York and you've been in New York your whole life, I really want you to take that moment and kind of go other places. I, my, my, a lot of my friends from New York, it's harder for them to live in other places because New York is a very rich city, uh, wonderful culture, good people, lots of action and activity. But the problem in New York is it's expensive as hell. It's very, very hard to get your life started in a place where the real estate costs so damn much. It's just hard, you know. So if I lived in New York and I'm trying to get ahead, I'm trying to go buy my first house or whatever, you move to ATL, you move to Houston, you move somewhere where not only is it going to be warmer, but you're also going to have a better shot at getting a house. Let me keep going. Uh, let's see. Uh, number three is Brooklyn. New there goes New York again. There's New York again. There's Brooklyn. Now, that's funny, right? Because Brooklyn, you know, since they got the stadium and the gentrification and everything else, uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn wasn't like that all the time. Brooklyn became what it is now because they did the whole stunt where the Russians, uh, they hired Jay-Z to pretend like Jay-Z was buying the Brooklyn Nets when he really wasn't. But they put him on a billboard as if he was. And then as soon as they bought, as soon as the Russians got the deal through, they pushed Jay-Z out or they sold, they sold, they, they bought his stake back, which was like, I think, one fifteenth of one percent or something insane like that. And then they, after they paid him off. They kind of like took ownership. Now uh, the Brooklyn Nets are owned by a guy. I think he's an Asian guy. Uh, but anyway, so there's Brooklyn. Number two, Newark, New Jersey. Newark right next to New York, right? So a lot of people move out of New York City because they want to still have access to New York City. So they move to Newark. Well, now the price of rent goes up in Newark. Uh, and also, but it's remember, th these variables are not just based on price. So I keep forgetting to mention that. Number one, in terms of the worst city in America for renters, according to this particular scale, is Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. Um, I love Detroit. I, I know a lot of good people from Detroit, but Detroit is actually right number one on this scale. Now, let me give you the factors that they use to determine. As you hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up, the, uh, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and my website, by the way, is boycewatkins.com. There are plenty of free resources on that page, the $5 day investing plan, how to make money without working. I put a training up there for that. Uh, all kinds of stuff uh, that you can take a look at that will help you and your family. So feel free to just browse through the site. And of course, we, we've got passes for the All Black National Convention that happens October 20th in Atlanta. So let me give you the factors they use on this scale to determine the 10 worst places in America to live. Uh, number one was cost of living. That was a big one. Uh, now, this is for renters, by the way, not for owners, for renters. Uh, number two, the local economy. 
uh, average income, the unemployment rate. That's probably what ding Detroit because Detroit has a very high unemployment rate. The average income levels of the renters. It's it's interesting because the average rent in Detroit wasn't that wasn't that bad compared to the national average. It's actually below the national average, like twelve hundred versus two thousand. The problem is that the economic conditions in New York in, in Detroit are not that great. So average incomes were really low, like twenty six thousand or something. So if you're paying twelve hundred dollars a month in rent and your your income is twenty six thousand, then that's going to be tough. And this is why I talk to you guys about specific wealth hacks. Uh, we've covered this extensively. I think that to survive in this economy, you're going to have to think outside the box, especially if you're young and trying to get started. Uh, a couple things. Number one, I mentioned earlier. I, I would stay away from the major cities until you get your wealth up. Number two, uh, you got to rethink things like relationships and partnerships and things like that. Uh, I'm not saying you got to go get married right away. None of that stuff. What I am saying, though, is that if I'm 28 years old, I'm trying to figure out a way to get my first house. I'm going to see if I can find some other people my age. Maybe I join some groups or something and connect with some other people that I can really trust. And we pull our money together because, you know, um, most of these scales, when they talk about the average American drowning financially, a lot of it is due to the fact that they're comparing rent levels to one income. They're assuming you have a one income household. They got to the point where they assume that you ain't got nobody. They assume that you're not committed to anything. They assume it's just you all by yourself. And going to battle by yourself is a lot harder. Give me a yes if you understand. Give me a yes if you agree. Going to battle by yourself is a lot harder than if you go to battle with, with good people by your side. Uh, you know, not everybody is qualified to go to battle with you, but you find the right person. You treat them right. You know, you treat them well. I treat my wife. I put I put my wife on a pedestal. I get called a simp all over the Internet. I ain't nothing like let me tell you, you want to get a glimpse into my life. There's imagine having videos done about you that get 100,000 views where they're calling you a simp because you got on your knee and proposed to a black woman in front of the world. That 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 floored me when I saw that. I couldn't believe that people were saying this kind of stuff. It freaked me out. And it really told me how sick our world has gotten. You know, first of all, black women, I honor y'all, period. That's that's what it's gonna be. But because I wouldn't be here without a black woman, you gotta honor the thing that gave you life. But then number two, you know, it's kind of freaks me out like, whoa, like, are we that anti-love? Are we are we that selfish now? Are we that stupid that we can't understand the power of partnership? You know, partnership is how people gain power all throughout the world, uh, all throughout the globe. Things like marriage and family, all that stuff that seems to get in the way of your pimping and getting in the way of your, you know, you smoking your weed and having your hose and all this other stuff, whatever people are doing. I have no idea what people are trying to do. But you got to understand, for thousands of years, uh, marriage is what brought kingdoms together. Marriage is what helped you win wars. Marriage is what allowed you to have uh, in extraordinary amounts of power. Even if you look at a, even if you look at a family like the Kardashians, which again you can critique everything about how they do, how they made their money, right? There's a lot to critique. Believe me, um, and I know a guy named Jamarlin Martin who knew Kim Kardashian when she first got started. He he owned Bossip, and Bossip uh, was the first place Kim used to call them all the time to try to get them to cover her shenanigans or whatever. Uh, but remember, but if you look at the Kardashians, one thing that one thing you can pay attention to is how they use their family wealth to prop each other up. Think about this. You got these <laughs> these pretty mediocre, <laughs> untalented people where just by being a Kardashian, you're instantly going to be worth $100 million because they're going to position you in a place where you're going to be able to elevate. Beyonce's doing that right now with Blue Ivy. She's 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 taking her world tour, putting her daughter on stage. She, then she, she dances with her for a second. Then what does she do? She backs off and lets Blue Ivy have the stage by herself. They're preparing her. See, this is royalty. This is a transition of power. They're preparing Blue Ivy 
to be the next generation. That's what they're doing, right? This is all about branding. This is all about legacy, you know, wealth building, right? So it's very powerful. Anyway, let me let me get back to that. So 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 my point is to say that, you know, the reason most Americans are struggling is because we live in a society where we assume everybody is independent, single, struggling, all alone, no help, no nothing. Uh, there are bad people out here that you can't partner with that are just worthless, but then there are good people. And what I believe is um, when you find good people, you got to treat them well. You know, like I treat my wife like she's my boss. You know, I have no problem submitting to my wife, but she treats me like I'm her boss. She submits to me, too. And uh, but then this is we were we were blessed because I saw my mother submitting to my father for 50 years. I saw my father submitting to my mother for 50 years. But go on the Internet and I want you to use the word submit and ask people, how do you feel about the word submission? Most people don't like that word. And uh, and I just think that's a little bit of a problem. Again, I hope it's okay if I go a little bit Uncle Boyce as I kind of explain this. Y'all know me. I'll give you the data, but I want to give you the context. I want to give you some perspective to help you reconsider things, right? But but think about this. You know, One thing I found is that if you want to be powerful and you want to be successful and you want to be independent, everybody has to submit to something, right? Noah Lyles just became the, the world champion in the 100-meter dash. He has to submit to his training schedule. He has to submit to his coach's advice. He has to submit in order to win. Right. So so the question is, what are you going to submit to? What are you what are you committed to? Right. It, because I know my wife is a great partner. I don't want to mess that up. I don't want to be out here trying to do things by myself when I can have uh, a teammate. Right. My wife was sick all weekend. I was I was making breakfast and giving her the breakfast in bed and, and wearing my little covid mask. And I stayed here to make sure she was OK. I think we well actually I think we both kind of had it, but but I didn't have any symptoms. So I was the one doing the whole Mr. Mom thing. And I loved it. I loved it. You know why? Because when I got sick, she did the same thing for me. You understand? Whereas if she were sitting here by herself as some strong, so-called strong, independent woman that don't need no man, she'd be up there hacking and coughing and trying to figure out how to manage all these kids by herself. And that that that's hard to do. OK, so so this is just me laying it out there. I, I, it's a little awkward. Like I said, it's really weird to talk about my relationship in public, but I said, okay, these young people need to see something different because some of this stuff, this advice y'all getting is just bad. And I just want you to find the right situation and commit to that, right? Because that'll help you not just uh, in terms of getting things done, but it will also help you in terms of building wealth. If you're building wealth with the right partner, it can really work. Uh, the other factors they put in this scale of the 10 worst places for uh, people, for renters to live is uh, they have cost of living, the local economy, quality of life. I don't know how they measure that, but they say quality of life is a factor. Oh, like the locations of your apartment, how much crime there is, uh, the schools in the area, and then some category they call natural amenities. I don't know what that, I don't know if that's trees and smog or whatever the hell. But anyway, so so just to read the list again, uh, number one was Detroit, then Newark. Uh, number three was Brooklyn. So these are the three worst places for renters to live. Number four, Manhattan. Number five, Hartford, Connecticut. Number six, Dayton, Ohio. Number seven, Anaheim, California. Number eight, Queens, New York. Number nine, Rochester, New York. Number 10, Stockton, California. So that's what it is. That's the list. And uh, the last little piece I'm going to throw in here, in addition to um, just understanding that that because this economy has shifted, and I'm telling you guys, that this, this is this is what I'm seeing. You know, my my PhD is in finance. I've taught college students for 30 years. Um, what I, you know, the the economy has shifted in a way that um, is is problematic. It's irreversible. Workers' wages are not going up, but the cost of everything is going up. Um, you know, so, so this means, you know, thinking creatively, thinking outside the box, unless you want to end up where everybody else ends up. And, uh, and, and believe me when, you know, the powers that be, 
they go out of their way to manipulate you. There's so much manipulation. It's just kind of crazy. Um, even they even manipulate things like racism and feminism and all that in order to maximize their profits. Let me give you an example. Uh, about a hundred years ago, they were trying to figure out, they, they convinced men to start smoking lots of cigarettes because they tied cigarette smoke, all this, you know, cancer, these cancer sticks, they tied it to masculinity and all these other things. Right. So all the men are smoking, you know, like crazy, right. Cause they all think it's healthy because doctors are on commercials telling you the cigarettes are good. Well, they were like, okay, we need to expand. This is what capitalism does. Capitalism is very greedy. So they were thinking, how do we sell more cigarettes? Oh, women, women aren't smoking. So how do we get women to smoke? You know what they did? I kid you not. One of the marketers, he, he said, I have this uncle named Sigmund Freud, who is uh, a great psychologist in Germany. And he knows how to manipulate the subconscious mind. And uh, he's broke. So let's pay him some money to get access to his research and get him to consult with us on how to get women to smoke more cigarettes. True story. And so Freud helped them understand that the cigarette is a phallic symbol. If you don't know what phallic symbol is, it's basically think of think think penis. Right. So the cigarette. Um, so what they did was they said, uh, look at the, the, the women's uh, lib movement, women's liberation and convince women, you know, through various methods that when they smoke their cigarettes, they're rebelling against men and taking their penises away. They're taking because the penis is associated with a man's power. So by putting the cigarette in your mouth. You're kind of take snatching the man's penis. You're, you're snatching his power. And lo and behold, within a year, they had all these women at women's liberation rallies walking around smoking cigarettes. Like, and they're like, I'm smoking my cigarettes. I don't care what you think, right? And they don't even know that it was all part of a, a corporate marketing campaign. There's so many others. Like uh, another a good one is um diamonds. Like, you know how people feel like they're, they're like, like they make you think you're a loser. If you don't go spend all your money on a diamond. Like I remember when, I remember the first, I got engaged twice. Um, the first time it didn't happen all the way through. She's a very nice lady though. Uh, I actually proposed to her on the Wendy Williams show, believe it or not, that way back in ancient history. And, um, and I remember going shopping for a ring and I saw where they said, you're supposed to spend what was it? What was it like six weeks salary or so, or two months salary? I was like, I'm not spending that much on a ring. That's crazy. That's so, so thank God she wasn't materialistic. I, I was never, even when I had money, I was attracted to women that were materialistic. Like you could spot a gold digger from a mile away. Cause everybody wanted to be my friend when they knew I had money. I didn't like that. But anyway, so, so, so here's the thing. When I looked at the history, did you know that, that a hundred years ago, Men did not buy rings when they proposed to a woman. They would bring, you know, these worthless things like love and commitment and honor and sacrifice. <laughs> the ring was not part of the deal. Um, the, the, the whole ring thing came from De Beers. De Beers said, we need people to buy more diamonds. So we're going to plant this in people's head that if your man does not buy you a rock, for your engagement that he really don't love you. He really does not love you. And then they started being specific and they said, Oh, you have to spend two months salary to, um, to in, in, when you buy your ring. And so uh, effectively this campaign it was called diamonds are forever. And then they put it in a movie in a James Bond movie. Diamonds are forever, forever. I think Jay-Z sampled the song too. And they actually won awards because they were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is pimping one one how you literally went out and convinced the whole world that if your man does not buy you an expensive rock for the engagement, he does not actually love you. And so this just speaks to uh, the manipulation that occurs. And what I really encourage you to do is kind of break away from that if you can. 
Uh, I think you could still get a ring. I got my wife a ring and it was a nice one. It wasn't cheap, but we weren't caught up in the ring. We were caught up in actually like loving each other and the mechanics of actually trying to find a way to stay married because marriage is hard. It's hard work. It takes a lot of commitment, sacrifice. Don't do it if you, unless you're ready for the, if you ain't ready to run a, ma a marathon, don't sign up. If, if you don't try to run a marathon with somebody who is a sprinter, Okay, don't, do not try to run a marathon next to a sprinter because you're going to be very disappointed because they don't understand that a marathon is 26.2 miles uh, and some people can only run 100 meters at a time and then they got to take a breath. Seriously. And that's the problem. It, you know, really, if you if you're talking about something like marriage, which is literally just a massive investment, um, somebody who has some experience, either they witnessed the mechanics of marriage long term. Uh, or you know through their parents, or they've read books and they truly understand what they're in for. Uh, you got to check for that because uh, I've seen that. I've seen people that think that marriage is something where you're you're always having great sex and you're always feeling good and everybody's always happy. And in the minute you're not happy anymore, that's the time to move on. And and that's not what I saw. I saw my parents have times where they were pretty miserable, but they were committed to something bigger than themselves, which is very inconsistent with what is sort of taught in our society by instant gratification. But here's the other thing too. I also saw my parents uh, come back, circle back, you know, and re reignite their love. And in, in addition to that, uh, they gave a structure to the family that was truly wonderful in terms of, of minimizing the amount of trauma we were exposed to because we were very well protected. And then on top of that, I saw my parents advance economically. So my parents, uh, basically, we started off I was literally born in the projects. Literally, my mother was 17 years old when she gave birth to me. My father was not there. When I was born, I was born on Father's Day. My biological father was nowhere to be found. Uh, my mother married my stepfather, who became my real father. He adopted me. Uh, she married him when I was three. We lived in the projects. Uh, he joined the military. Then we moved into another place that was nicer, but it was still like government subsidized housing. Right. So we lived in government housing till I was about 10. But my father got up and went to work every day. I remember him seeing him get different jobs. And his whole thing was he was just always a hustler. So whether he was winning or losing, he didn't sit around and feel sorry for himself. He always felt like there was something he was supposed to do as a man. And then as time went on, I saw them saving their money, building their credit. Uh, dealing with ups and downs. And then by the time they hit like their 40s, they had equity, 100, over $100,000 in, in assets in terms of equity in the house. They had over $100,000 in their retirement accounts. Uh, they had really good credit. They had plenty of money saved. They had full insurance and they were fully prepared for retirement. And in addition to that, having all the resources they needed for a good retirement, they also had raised three kids uh, in a way that was um, different from a lot of my friends. Most of my friends that I hung out with regularly are um, in prison on drugs. Literally, I have a cousin that this week died from a drug overdose. And um, in fact, he when he died from a drug overdose, they had to do a GoFundMe uh, to raise money for the funeral, which made me really sad to see that. And uh, and so so ultimately, there's choices. This is the point. You know, there's, this it's about choices, man. You know, and I, I really want you to just and if I was give advice to any young person out here or any older person, I would say always know you've always got a choice. You know, you got a choice to, you know, uh, go go along with the okie doke or you got a choice to do something different. And in fact, not only am I going to encourage you to do something different, I'm going to tell you that doing something different is an absolute requirement if you want to succeed in this um, in this economy. If you if you don't do something different, 
it's going to be stressful just like just like it is for everybody else but there's ways to kind of manipulate your way around and i encourage you to look for those ways and it starts with basic financial literacy so you so i applaud you just for the fact that you're investing and even listening to me ramble on with my old man stories about <laughs> about my parents and and all the other stuff that i talk about cuz i know how i am i know that i ramble but i ramble because i'm 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 hopefully rambling with a purpose you know i'm i'm sharing information i want you to be prepared i want you to understand how this game works. And, uh, and I can tell you, I'm a beneficiary of this system because I am invested in the stock market because I, I chose to be a business owner. I don't want to, I don't tell my kids. So this is another thing too. When you talk about places that are hard for renters to live, uh, I think it's really important if you have kids or are going to have kids, I would even do everything you can right now to make sure your kids never have to rent from anybody. You know, there are models out there where you can set your child up where you can buy some property for them when they go to college and they can live in the property while they're in college and then they become an owner early. Or maybe you do things like, again, if you go to boyswalkins.com, I have the five dollar a day investing plan. You do that for a newborn baby. By the time your kid is 20 years old, they got over one hundred thousand dollars liquid that can be applied to something beneficial, not paying for college. I don't recommend blowing all your wealth paying for college because I don't think college should be college is not the best investment in America right now. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go to college. It just means I, I would find the least expensive way possible to get the training that you need to do the, ne the next thing you want to do. Um, and again, I'm a college professor. I've taught at University of Kentucky, Indiana University, Syracuse University, Ohio State University. I love college. College is fun. College is great. I'm definitely not anti-college. But what I do not like about college is the fact that it costs so damn much. It should not cost you a quarter million dollars to get a degree that's going to make you 60, 50, 60 grand a year. That doesn't even make any sense. Uh, at the very least, uh, every black child should be an entrepreneur uh, and have a side hustle so they can supplement their income. Uh, every child should have some investments so you can benefit from this capitalist push. When inflation hits, inflation hits working class people different from the way inflation hits wealthy people. Inflation hits workers different from the way it hits investors investors benefit from inflation they call that asset inflation so when inflation hits and you're you know upset because the price of bread went up and the price of gas went up and the price of you know clothes went up well or the price of rent went up well no your landlord's benefiting because your landlord is collecting the rent uh the people that own stock are benefiting because when the price of stocks goes up that means walmart stock is going up or whatever they're making money from that uh when they um you know it's, it's, the stock market tends to rise when inflation's high and that's why wealthy people really don't have a big problem with inflation they're like oh inflation's kind of cool because i had a house that i bought for three hundred thousand. now it's worth four hundred thousand. do you understand what i'm saying right but if you're on the outside looking in then inflation increases the bar now you, you don't, you know, to be a homeowner, you don't have to pay 300000 Now you got to pay 400000 you know, to buy what you need. You're now paying a higher price. Buying more gas costs more. So, so ultimately what I would say to you is I would try to start my child off on the inside. Just like when I was giving you the example of how if you're on the inside and you're a Kardashian, you're going to instantly be worth $100 million just because you're, you're part of that group. Um, well, the same thing is true with your family, right? Maybe instead of being, you know, maybe you can't, your child won't be worth $100 million, but they can be worth 100000 because you're investing for them early. So they become an asset owner at an early age. And that way, when inflation comes, it doesn't murder them because they're not trying to sort of make a life off of an unfair wage because wages are very unfair. They deliberately killed the labor unions so that wages would, would stay low. So the corporate profits would go up. That's what they've done. They're not going to change it. I don't care if you vote for a Democrat, Republican or an independent. They're not going to change it because 
the capitalists have jumped into your government and that's what you have. All right. So anyway, let me see here. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. My website is boycewatkins.com. Just go to my website and uh, there's plenty of stuff there. I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. And uh, you can get a copy of the book uh, on my website, boycewatkins.com. And also you can learn about our all black national convention and all kinds of stuff there. Also, if you want to get profit alerts sent to you via text, uh, you can text the word stock to 31996. I will send you stocks that I'm buying. I'll send you, I'll text you all kinds of good stuff that'll hopefully help you in your wealth building journey. It's totally free. So uh, feel free to text the word stock to 31996. Uh, now, what do I think about new currency? Uh, you're talking about like crypto, stuff like that. I think it's good. I think crypto is cool. Um, you know, uh, in terms of BRICS, the BRICS nations, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, sort of pushing back against the United States. I think that's necessary. It's right now it's not having a huge impact, but it could have an impact maybe 20 years from now. So you got to make that long term investment. Uh, you have great insight, brother. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate you for saying that. Uh, let's see. Yoshika says I'm teaching her now about investing and having her own business. Yeah, that's what you do that. If you want to know, you all want to know what I'm telling my kids. Like, let me tell you what I'm telling my kids. The kids in my house, I'm their bonus dad, and I love it. It's it's absolutely an honor. That's another thing I got called a simp for was 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 uh, like marrying a woman with kids. But I, I don't care. Call me whatever you want. I love it. These, and I, in fact, actually, they run. They, they they I spend so much time with them now that they actually help me run my business. So like, if you order my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, they're going to be the ones who ship you the book. They're going to be the ones who uh, who package everything. So it's really cool to have smart kids around. I, I just love it. But one thing I tell the kids is I'm like. You know, the the benefit that I can give to them is when you understand finance the way I do, you just see things maybe that are hard to see, right? And um, and so what I told them is I said this whole scam about like going to get a job. I said I'm like you can go get a job if you want to. Maybe that's has to be part of your journey. But honestly, if you want to skip that, you can skip that because most people sell their freedom for like less than $5,000 a month. So the difference between slavery and freedom for most people is five is 5,000 a month. That means if you can find a way to make $5,000 a month without going to work, you're completely off the plantation. You're free. Think about that. I mean, you're Kunta Kente running away from Massa now. Like you're gone. Like you're in Canada now. You don't ever have to think about like all the crap that stresses people out about going to work every day. You don't have to deal with the microaggressions and the racism. You don't have to worry about getting up when you don't feel like waking up. You don't have to do work that you hate. You can spend time with your family. I mean, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Like, like what better gift to give your child than freedom? See, see, we think that freedom is connected to civil rights and part of it is connected to civil rights, but it's really civil rights. It's economics. You know, um, America is a capitalist society. It is not a democracy. It ain't no damn democracy. Stop believing it's a democracy. It's a capitalist democracy. And the capitalism is what drives the, the bus. The democracy is like the little brother. Capitalism is the big brother. The big brother beat the shit out of the little brother and has taken over the whole damn farm. The money drives everything in America. So if you want to be economically free or free in general in this country, you want to have enough economic security that someone can't come along and pressure you into doing something you don't want to do because you can't, you don't have what you need to pay your bills. So the best gift to give your child is freedom uh, because it, 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 it opens the door to happiness. Um, you can live your best life. You can do stuff like travel or watch Netflix or get on the phone with your mom or, or go to the spa or go to the movies or take an extra nap instead of going to work and dealing with horrible people that don't like you. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, how much money do you need to invest Dr. Boyce? 
you can start investing in five minutes with five dollars. Um, go to boycewalkins.com. Uh, the, the $5 a day investing plan is the easiest, simplest method to start investing that you'll ever see. It's something literally that a monkey could do or a five-year-old. So, um, and, but this will make a massive difference. If a person does just does what I say on that plan, it's free. It's free. Go to boycewalkins.com. It's right there. If you do what I say and just don't sell your assets, your family will be rich in about in less than 20 years. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not a fly by night. It's not a, you know, fast money scheme. No, you want to do that? Go become a drug dealer. Go try to get your rap career off the ground. That's not what I'm here to talk to you about. I'm here to talk to you about the slow money because the slow money is the sturdy money. The fast money is an illusion. It's also um, problematic because you end up selling. Sometimes you sell things that are more valuable than money. Uh, And so that's my two cents. What's the best investment for children? It depends, really, Yashika. There's so many things you can invest in. But one thing um, that I've seen parents do is if they might, if they buy, say, Disney stock or whatever, they use it to educate, right? So when I was in line uh, at McDonald's with one of our kids, I said, you know what? We could become owners in this company in like two minutes. And she said, how can we do that? We, we, we you know, buy McDonald's. We can't buy McDonald's. And I said, no, you don't have to buy the whole you know, a restaurant, you just buy stock. And so I got on the app and I said, let's set the clock. It's 12.03. By 12.05, we're going to be owners in McDonald's. And I got on the app and I bought the McDonald's stock and I said, see, now we own 20 shares of McDonald's stock. So now when McDonald's makes money, we make money. That was pretty cool. That was a great educational experience for her. And she never forgot that, right? So uh, once you find out how to make money the right way, it's hard to go back to you know, the other way, like, like when I was selling candy at the age of 12 door to door, and it was a hard job, it was hard as hell. But but I would come home with a big stack of, <laughs> you know, $10 bills as a as a, a 12 year old. And I, I remember that feeling once I had that feeling it never went away, you know, um, so put your child in a position where they can have these feelings that will never go away, and it'll change how they view the world. Uh, so best investments for children could be th- things that are educational, it could be something, um, if you're talking about something that's going to just make it easy to grow the wealth, stuff like that, Yashika. Start with something simple. The $5 a day investment plan, I talk about things like uh, SPY, which stands for Spider. That's where you own shares in the biggest uh, biggest S&P 500 companies. Um, that's SPY. Uh, another is Victor, Oscar, Oscar, VOO, Vanguard. But there's so many others out there. If you're interested in AI, there's one called AIQ that follows um, you know, AI stocks. Uh, in fact, um, if you text the word stock to 31996, within the next couple of days, I'll text you a list of my favorite AI stocks. So just text the word stock to 31996. I'll send it to you. Uh, let's see here. What can I do to quit my job? Um, I would maybe start listening to podcasts uh, like entrepreneurial podcasts so people can tell their stories. What I learned in order to quit my job was I remember just I would just listen to people tell their story where they would explain how they went from where they were to where they are now. And that helped me visualize like what that next move would be. Um, and uh, and I also, you know, when I talk to people and consult with them, I just say, all you got to do is find, if you can find one product that people want, then you can sell that one product. And then suddenly everything changes. Your economic math just changes, right? Because when you're, work, when you're a worker or you're an hourly worker, your economic math is based on time. It's like, if I make $50 an hour and I work 10 hours, I'm going to make $500. Well, when you sell a product, your math changes. It becomes time independent. You've literally leveled up. You're on a different frequency now. You, you've gone to a higher dimension because time is no longer a variable. So if, I, if I'm doing um, the business owner math, my math is not you know, $50, $50, $50 an hour for 10 hours. My math becomes uh, $50 per unit. 
for 10 units. And that's independent of time. So then if I'm a good salesperson or I find the right space or the right product that people want, I could sell 10 units in 30 seconds, right? It doesn't cost me 10 hours of my life. And what I really think is important is I think it's really important for you to, this is where I, be, I sound more like a Marxist than a capitalist. I'm not a Marxist, but I appreciate some of the ideas of Marxism, you know, because they critique capitalism. Capitalism gets you too obsessed with money and you become a cog in a wheel and you end up getting screwed. And then you, you get hit by the biggest scam in America, which is a job, because it's crazy that you can work your butt off for 50 years and have less money when you finish than you had when you started. There are people that work 50 years of their life, worked themselves to the bone, worked themselves into an early grave, who literally are going to die with a net worth that is lower than a newborn baby. That's insanity. That's absolutely crazy. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if y'all agree, but I think that's crazy. So um, instead of going into that space, what Marxism does that I do like is they remind you of the value of your life, the value of your time. You know, when you're selling time, you know, that's like selling your body. You know, your, your body's more valuable than like the $50 you got for having sex with somebody, right? Your time is more valuable than the $30 an hour that you sold. $30, think about this. Think about how valuable an hour of time is with your daughter or how, how valuable an hour of time is with your, your you, that you would have, what would you give up for another hour with your grandmother who died, you know, eight years ago, you know, and you never, you rarely saw her because you were off working or going to school or whatever, right? Time is so precious time is so valuable 50 cent the rapper said it i love the fact that he said this he said when they want to punish you the most what do they give you they give you time <laughs> they say you're going to get some time right so if they want to take something away from you that's incredibly valuable that's going to make you hurt and feel the most pain they take away your time so one of the most valuable assets that you own is your time and so what I the reason I encourage you to pick up some financial literacy consistently on a regular basis, make sure your kids have that is so that you can protect the things that are most valuable to you, which is your time. Right. And then we only talk about the, the extension of selling time, which is also selling your body. There are people who get into those tough situations, partly because nobody made an economic plan for them. You know, their parents didn't sort of prepare them and fortify them like like you're going to do for your kids, though. If you put your kids in the right position, they won't have to sell their body and they want to sell their time just to make a couple of dollars in order to get by. Uh, why didn't you start a black wealth management firm? Uh, I did not do that because in the very beginning, um, if you go back 15 years, I remember saying to people, I don't want to get to the point where I'm managing a bunch of people's money. I don't want to do that because unfortunately in the black community, there, there, there is not enough of a culture or experience with investing for people to understand that sometimes when you invest, you don't make money, you know, just like basketball. Sometimes you take a shot, it doesn't go in. And when I look at the problems that the Tulsa real estate fund might be having right now, um, I remember when I saw the fund, I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I would be taking money from a lot of people who don't have a lot of money, who don't have experience losing money, because you're going to get a hard time if things don't work out. Okay, so uh, I just never wanted to do it. It just wasn't something that was of interest to me. And, uh, and I, I'd prefer to, you know, support what other people are doing. But it's not something I just didn't want to deal with all that, you know, because there are so many people that, unfortunately, if you make an investment and it doesn't work out. They say, oh, you stole from me. It's like, no, nobody stole. They just made an investment. It just didn't work out. Um, I remember I used to hang out with um, Damon Dash a lot. And Damon Dash was a good guy. We became friends. No, I have nothing against Damon. But I remember Damon Dash was going after Lee Daniels. I don't know if you remember that. He was really mad at Lee Daniels because he said, Lee Daniels took my money. He owes me a million dollars. He didn't pay me back. And he was, I mean, he was chasing him down. You know, it was bad. And, um, and I was like, I was really asking 
questions that probably annoyed Dame. I was like, so what kind of deal did y'all have? What did you make an investment or was it a loan? Because if it was a loan, then yeah, he owes you the money. But if you made an investment, that's risky. That means that if the investment doesn't work out, well, he doesn't owe you anything at that point, right? So, so, so with investing, it's like again, I'm not criticizing what Dame did with, with Lee Daniels or anything like that. What I am saying is that there's a difference between being a debt holder and being an equity holder in a venture. Okay, and and Warren Buffett does this. Warren Buffett, uh, the reason that if you look up Berkshire Hathaway stocks stock price, it's like five hundred and forty nine thousand dollars per share. Um, now, now you can still buy it because they have fractional shares. So you can actually own a piece of a share. But the reason that he keeps his stock price high, because he could easily drop it. All you have to do is like do a, you know, a, a, a 10,000 to one stock split or something. His stock would be like $54 a share, but he won't do it. Why won't he do it? Well, because of something in finance that we call the clientele effect. He only wants certain people invested in his company. He does not want people invested that don't uh, have the same values. Uh, he doesn't want people invested that don't understand the risks. He doesn't want people uh, forcing him to make decisions that he does not feel are good for the company. He only wants people that truly, truly understand what this is all about. So one thing about investing, and I say this without critiquing what anybody else is doing, but uh, one thing about investing is that you have to remember this. Be very careful about who you take money from. Be very careful. In the Black Business School, we, we, we do not take money from the government because we do not want the government telling us what we can do and what we can say. We do not take money from big corporations because we don't want corporations to do what I, to, to control what we're doing. It was hard. I, I had to raise the money myself. I had to use my money from my paycheck. There was a time where I would spend every nickel in my whole paycheck just to get the stuff off the ground. It was super freaking hard. And uh, and and it, it, even though it was hard. The best part, though, was that once we got everything going and we built the platform and we were reaching millions of people and everything else, I didn't have people in my ear telling me what I can and can't say, what I can and cannot do, because uh, I have faith in my solutions uh, because I understand this stuff. I understand finance really well at an extremely high level. I understand black people really well at an extremely high level. I've spent a lot of time analyzing both. And so I don't want anybody getting in the way of the solutions that I know actually work. So, so, so I don't tell people who are not, who are not black that they can't come to the platform. Everybody's welcome. We love everybody. I have nothing against anybody, but I'm here to solve a specific problem. My goal is to be a financial surgeon for the black community, because I believe the black community needs economic surgery. You don't need somebody giving you an aspirin telling you it's going to cure cancer. Aspirins don't cure cancer. That's the reason why your economic cancers haven't been cured. Somebody's been giving you an aspirin or, or giving you a couple of shots and saying, oh, everything's going to be OK. No, you need deep dive surgery so you can understand specifically and exactly what's going on, where all the money's going, why the money's missing you and why people are extracting so much money out of your community and not giving anything back. That's what we do in the Black Business School. That's our purpose. That's why we exist. All right. So anyway, I'm going to go, guys. I hope this conversation has been beneficial to you. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's an honor. And thank you, everybody, on TikTok coming in and hanging out. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, and I'll go I'll go live on TikTok again soon. So you can follow me on TikTok. Just look up Boyce Watkins. I have over 20. I have about 29,000 followers on TikTok. So if you see the a, a page that doesn't have that many followers, then just know it's not me because I got clones everywhere apparently like fake facebook and tiktok pages out there everything else uh also my uh instagram is uh dr boyce finance 
So feel free to follow me at Dr. Boyce Finance on Instagram. And uh, last but not least, uh, if you go, if you want to take a look at my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, feel free to go to BoyceWatkins.com. And there's also free resources on my website as well that can help you. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I will see you all very, very soon. I'm going to actually go live tonight to talk about that movie, The Blinds, on drboystv.com. We're going to go live tonight at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. And we're going to talk. I'm going to bring in Madam President. And uh, Tierra K.J. Williams, a.k.a. Miss Black Holly. We're going to talk about that movie, The Blind Side. I don't know if y'all saw that movie, The Blind Side, where the brother who was in the movie is coming back saying that the family basically robbed him and uh, and they you know took his money through the conservatorship. So we're going to kind of analyze that. And we're also going to talk. Uh, Madam President and Tierra both have a lot of experience in Hollywood. Uh, Tierra is a, a, a producer, a very experienced producer, writer, director in Hollywood. And then Madam President. Uh, is the only person I know who's who's worked for Tyler Perry, 50 Cent, and Ava DuVernay and Oprah Winfrey in her career. So she's gonna. So we're gonna talk about this uh, this idea of the uh, white savior movie and and just kind of what that means in in terms of the blind side, all that. So uh, drboystv.com is my YouTube channel. Feel free to go take a look at that. Also, don't forget I am on Spotify. So look up Boyce Watkins on Spotify. You can find it there. We're gonna go live tonight. Uh, which is August 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So have a good day, everybody. God bless you. I'll see you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down beyond Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.